your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Sola. All right, good afternoon. In studio with me today, everyone's favorite, Viterbo political scientist, political science professor. Do you do you go by like I always feel funny like when I say political scientist because I think you're doing Bunsen beakers and <laughs> like you're you're making up like well, social scientists do try, uh, do aspire to be like natural scientists. That is, engage in the scientific uh, method of uh, hypotheses, testing, coming to conclusions. Um, but uh, uh, you can just call me whatever you want, Rick. All right, KK. Thank you. We'll call him that. <laughs> What's your middle name? It's not a K, is it? I hope it's not. K A K would be uh, my initials. Uh, Dr. Keith Knutson in studio with us. He's going to try to enlighten us on. Uh, the whole Trump impeachment inquiry, right? We're just—it's an inquiry still, right? Like that's where we're—that's the the yes, stage last we're at. Week, last week, the Speaker of the House uh, said that she uh, is now in favor of an inquiry, and so there are six committees um, investigating various aspects of uh, uh, the president's uh, behavior, and and of course those then in the executive uh, branch of government with him, and uh, uh, those six committees. Uh, Whatever they come up with, uh, uh, if there are going to be any impeachment uh, articles coming out of the uh, the House of Representatives, they will go to the Judiciary Committee. That committee would then draft these articles of impeachment. They would vote for them. If they vote in favor, then the articles of impeachment go to the House of the Floor, and through a majority vote, the House of Representatives could vote to impeach the president. It's kind of like a grand jury. So after impeachment, then uh, um, uh, the charges if the, uh, that are passed through the House then would go to the Senate. The and chief die. The, uh, <laughs> well, well, we'll see. The chief justice of the U.S. Supreme Court would preside over a Senate trial, and 67 out of the 100 U.S. senators would have to vote to convict. And then if uh, we've not had this in our history— um, uh, Andrew Johnson missed conviction by one vote. Uh, Bill Clinton didn't even get close. They couldn't even get a simple majority to, to convict him in the Senate in 1999. Um, but if a, uh, a, a two-thirds majority would vote to, con- to convict, then um, the presumption is the president would be immediately removed from office. Are we in the opposite situation as we were in 1999 with the House and the Senate? Is it flipped? Is it? Are we in the opposite uh, well, in, 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 in the Clinton impeachment, the majority, yes, the House yeah. was controlled by the Republicans. Today, the House is controlled by the Democrats, yes. Okay, and then the Senate was the other way, too? Uh, or they just couldn't get a majority? Uh, um, I'm trying to remember if the Democrats had a majority in the quiz. Senate. It, 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 well, it was pretty close. You know, in 2000, the most memorable uh, outcome, it was 50-50, and Vice President Cheney was the tie-breaking vote. Uh, you're going to Google that to see if the Democrats had a majority. I think the Republicans might have controlled the Senate in 99. They did. They did. Rec- yeah. But not Senate by majority. many votes. Yep. Okay. Um, so you're right. The, Senate's re- the Senate uh, was con- both the House and the Senate were Republican in 1999 when okay. Bill Clinton was impeached, but it didn't go through the Senate. So right. He, and, so. and, and, and that impeachment has been the lesson for uh, uh, Speaker Pelosi up to this point, uh, try to avoid this impeachment because the Democrats picked up um, seats in the House in the 98 midterm election 
um, Clinton's uh, approval uh, uh, got up into the 60s, and the impeachment effort led by Speaker of the House Newt Gingrich backfired. Gingrich then um, resigned. Um, the Republicans had a bit of a challenge finding a replacement speaker um, to um, uh, uh, Newt Gingrich. And uh, that, uh, the most recent historical episode, seems to have uh, been the uh, informative lesson uh, up until last week when Speaker Pelosi and this whistleblower um, uh, complaint coming out of the, um, um, well, apparently a C, uh, uh, an intelligence agent uh, operating within the, uh, working within the, uh, the executive branch is the, the whistleblower. We don't know who that is. Um, and we should not know who that is. The law says that a whistleblower should be able to retain his or her anonymity. Yeah, the idea that we need to expose the whistleblower would, you it's know. Against, if, it's against the law. If we don't want whistleblowers to come out when our government's being corrupt, then, you know, like, what are we doing? Well, let, 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 let's acknowledge this, this is a charge. There, there, if there are articles of impeachment passed through the House, um, uh, I should say this is an accusation. The, uh, the articles of impeachment are something like being charged with a crime, and then the Senate performs the duty of being the jury and deciding on the conviction. But that's a pretty high threshold. Two-thirds of the Senate has to vote for conviction. Right. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to hit news. Uh, actually, we're going to get the—you want to throw your headphones on? I was going to— Sure. And uh, we'll take this call first, actually. Uh, caller, who's this? Hey there. Hey, who's this? This is Darren. Hey, Darren, go ahead. You got a question for Keith? Yeah. Um, you know, I think it's really important for the audience to, to know that um, in both of uh, the, the Clinton and the, the Trump, potentially uh, the Trump impeachment, um, the, the, the concept is there's a rule of law in place for uh, Bill Clinton he was impeached because he lied to the uh, during a grand jury testimony, so that he broke the law. He shouldn't have lied while he was under oath. And if uh, Trump is found to have uh, used his uh, office to, uh, you know, uh, help um, him in the 2020 election uh, with Joe Biden, uh, he abused uh, his uh, office to do that, then he should be held accountable as well. Yeah. I think. It's really important that the rule of law is focused on here and not the politics. A good, good, good point. Um, the um, the impeachment process. Many constitutional scholars are going to argue it's not a political issue, but in order to move this through two political bodies, of course, there's a lot of politics involved in who would vote to impeach and then who would vote to convict. But uh, I think the point that is made, um, impeachment. Um, the Constitution talks about uh, a president may, uh, or an executive uh, branch member or a federal judge can be impeached for high crimes or misdemeanors or, or treason as well. And um, I think that uh, uh, the charges against President Trump move in the direction of some element of uh, almost treasonous behavior, not abiding by the constitutional construction. All right, Darren, you got anything else? Yeah, I like those distinctions. And, I, and again, it, it does become a political process, like the professor says. Um, but I, I think that we're in this moment in our history where it's really important for us to focus on the institution.
positions and realize that the people that are in these positions, we're just watching the space. All right. Darren, you cut out, man. Sorry. I think he's just kind of reiterating that there's laws. There's we have we have like a, a system for this, and when you sure. break the laws, you break the rules, then you're out essentially. Sure. What are you going to break the rules on? Um, in '99, uh, the U.S. Senate failed to convict Clinton, and uh, uh, the sentiment in the country as a whole, a majority of Americans, uh, uh, didn't want to see the uh, Clinton uh, convicted. Um, and uh, lying to the grand jury about a, a sexual relationship with Lewinsky is one thing. Um, it might be the case. Uh, I would make the argument that it is. Um, President Trump's behavior is uh, ratcheted up in terms of the severity of the charges, uh, the, 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 the swirl of accusations against him right now. Yeah, and, um, and the focus, I guess we can get into this a little bit after the break, but the focus of this is that originating from the phone call, but then they might throw all kinds of other stuff into the mix, right? Well, uh, some people a- are arguing that President Trump uh, is uh, um, publicly uh, making impeachable uh, offenses as he speaks um, about uh, asking China to investigate the Bidens now. Um, if the phone call itself to uh, the president of Ukraine um, is uh, uh, an impeachable offense, and we'll see if the uh, House of Representatives comes out with that. Um, if it is, then um, uh, a week after the uh, whistleblower's uh, charges come out, um, President Trump does basically the same thing again. Mm-hmm. And, of course, in the 2016 campaign, candidate Donald Trump uh, uh, publicly said, hey, Russia, if you got access to those 30,000 emails, uh, 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 bring them out. And this um, request to foreign governments to find material that will impact uh, an American uh, election campaign uh, at root, uh, uh, I think Darren might be getting at uh, this is undermining our institutions. Um, that that uh, it should not be the aspiration of any candidate to ask a foreign government to help him or her win an election. Right. All right. We're going to take a quick break for news, and we'll be back with Viterbo's Keith Knutson after this. All right. Welcome back to the Crosstalk PM. Doing a show off air, and then we're doing another show on air. Uh, Dr. Keith Knudsen with Viterbo University, political scientist there, professor there. Uh, he's in studio with us. We got a couple of texts we're going to read here. Uh, first from Phil. Uh, we were talking about an impeachment inquiry. Phil says, and then uh, you were kind of describing the steps that w- would happen regardless of who is president. Like, what? Here's how an impeachment works. Yeah. And Phil says, you forgot step one. The House has yet to vote for the official inquiry. There is no inquiry going on as there has been no inquiry vote. And all caps, he wrote that in. So he's yelling at you. <laughs> Calm down, Phil. <laughs> um, you, uh, I, I just read the other day that in the uh, impeachment processes we've experienced, there are three of them. Richard Nixon resigned before the House could actually uh, take a vote on the you know, uh, articles of impeachment, voted out of the Judiciary Committee in the House. Uh, but in all three episodes, there was no vote uh, by the House uh, to engage in an impeachment inquiry. Uh, Double-check that one uh, for us, Phil, uh, because we don't want to give out false information, but um, not my area of, of research, but uh, I did encounter this uh, uh, in an article the other day, and, and um, I think there is an impeachment inquiry on uh, because uh, that can be done without a House vote. 
Fred texts in. He says, please be balanced, Rick, and talk about possible corruption of Biden and son as described by Trump. Uh, well, that's been debunked. Um, uh, you know, we might ask the uh, ethical question, should Hunter Biden have uh, taken a job with this Ukrainian corporation um, while his father was vice president? Uh, but uh, uh, the investigations into that uh, activity, uh, uh, basically the Bidens have been cleared. Uh, vice President Biden was trying to get rid of a prosecutor, but he was doing that within the context of international organizations. A Ukrainian prosecutor uh, has uh, looked into this and uh, um, as uh, is not uh, unusual for President Trump, um, he's making unsubstantiated uh, charges against the Bidens. And uh, Phil also texted in, this isn't an all cap, so he's not yelling at you here. It is the president's responsibility to stop any corrupt activity by any government employees. And if a political opponent is conducting corrupt activity, it is not Trump's fault Biden is corrupt. Well, I think we've got a couple of lines of thought there. Um, actually, it's not the president's job uh, to um, ferret out corruption. We have institutions in our national level government uh, out of the Justice Department, uh, which are charged with um, making sure uh, all of our citizens, including the president of the United States, abides by the law. So uh, I would disagree. The president is in charge of the executive branch of government. But uh, if the president is going to be directing investigations, um, that uh, that allows a president to engage in, well, what President Trump is being charged, uh, you know, accused of here. Again, uh, no articles of impeachment yet, but um, the president is not supposed to be directing investigations um, because, of course, it smacks too much of self-interest politically. And then Bill text in, someone must know who the whistleblower is, Correct. If not, how can anyone confirm, verify what is alleged? All right, so this has gone through a process. There's a, um, um, an inspector general um, uh, within the uh, security agencies. Uh, the whistleblower um, submitted um, his or her. We don't know who the whistleblower is. And by the way, the law says that a whistleblower should remain anonymous. So once again, if the president wants to uh, ferret out who this whistleblower is, the president is advocating breaking the law. So the whistleblower got wind of uh, this phone conversation um, uh, through uh, contacts in the White House and the executive branch of government, put together his complaint. The complaint went to the inspector general. Uh, the inspector general did actually turn it over, uh, uh, inform uh, the chair of the uh, intelligence committee, Adam Schiff, about it, because that's the way the law directs these things to be dealt with. Um, the president has accused Schiff of knowing who it is. That's not the case. That would be breaking the law. Um, and so, uh, of course, uh, being aware of what the law is and uh, then observing how the law is going to be implemented and, and, and of course, carried out uh, becomes important questions in this whole discussion. All right, we're going to go to the phones here if you want to throw your headphones. Oh, they are on. Uh, number three? Yeah, I was wondering... If that fella could find anything good in what President Trump has done, there's got to be some good spots about him. Okay. All I hear is negative all the time. It's a two-way street. All right. Well, I suppose life is a two-way street, caller, but uh, um, uh, President Trump... Um, uh, well, give me some time he's to think at, about that. He's now, really I'll, good at tweeting a lot. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. Um, you know, the, the, the president has to some extent addressed uh, portions of the opioid crisis that we've uh, been in, uh, experiencing. Um, uh, you know, I, I don't agree with the way he goes about this, but uh, many Americans um, feeling the pinch financially may want our NATO allies to contribute more to our collective defense. I think the way the president does that is extremely counterproductive. Um, uh, I, I do think that the the signature piece of legislation passed in his first two years when the Republicans in control of the Congress, the tax um, uh, law, um, is uh, very counterproductive. So I have to confess, caller, I am very hard-pressed to find too much of what President Trump has done, which I would describe as, as positive. I'm sorry, to, I'm sorry to tell you that. And where we're at right now is historical, right? Like, only this has only happened... Two other times, two to the three other times, an impeachment. Well, again, it began with uh, Richard Nixon in '74. Uh, the Judiciary Committee voted articles, three articles of impeachment, and then Republicans, uh, led by Barry Goldwater, out of the Senate, went to President Nixon and said, "Look, um, if you don't resign uh, when these articles of impeachment come to the Senate, we will vote and we will convict you." Nixon then vacated the office, mm -hmm. and of course, then our first unelected president took over, Gerald Ford. Okay. Uh, we're going to go back to the phones here. Uh, a couple of fo phone calls here. Caller, who's this? Hello, this is this is Mark. I had a question for your guest. I'm just wondering uh, if he thought that Adam Schiff was acting responsible when he started out one of his uh, uh, meetings where he did a parody of what he believed Donald Trump meant in his conversation to the Ukraine pe president. All right. I don't think it was a parody caller. Um, uh, uh, Adam Schiff, um, uh, after allowing uh, the director of uh, national intelligence, uh, who publicly testified before his committee last week, um, then Schiff uh, provided a, a summation of what, of course, we all now have, uh, not a transcript of the uh, phone conversation between President Trump and the president of Ukraine, but uh, um, I was just reading uh, uh, the words in it uh, make up about uh, 10 minutes of conversation, and it was a 30-minute telephone conversation. So, uh, caller, I think you uh, misrepresent what uh, Chairman Schiff was doing um, early in that, that uh, committee hearing. Um, and it, it was a, a summation, um, and the Director of National Intelligence uh, acknowledged that that was an accurate summation of what the whistleblower had submitted. All right, we'll go on another call here. Caller, who's this? Hi, it's Gary. Hey, Gary, go ahead. Uh, hey, Rick. Rick. Okay, hello. Can you hear me? Go, Gary. Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, go ahead. All right. Uh, <laughs> the economy is booming. Uh, my 401 and many 401s that uh, people we talk to is doing real well. And from my understanding, this whistleblower, um, he never really talked to Adam Schiff. And, yeah. Come on, guys. I mean, I'm listening to this guy talk, whoever he is. I don't want to even know. But you can tell he is not a Trump supporter. And not that he has to be, but my lands. When that one caller asked, can you say something good about Trump? And he said he had to think about it. He's in the room, so you can talk to him. My friend. Yeah, tell him to get off the air. All right. Thanks for the vote of confidence, caller. All right, last call before we go to news. Caller, go ahead. Who's this? Yes, this is Scott. Hey, Scott. Um, again, uh, 
I do believe that you, you the demonstration upon the deep seatedness and the level of committees and this and everybody's shifting around, uh, no pun intended here, is the real problem. If I am in the, just a quick thing, I am in a field that if I, if I misuse one email that's sent to me by another professional, I'm in the medical type field. If anybody's HIPAA laws are violated in my field, my license and my business is destroyed. These people that get subpoenaed, that don't comply with subpoenas, uh, you know, Miss Clinton in the past, what is going on here? The level and deep seated of this government is causing all this. Thank you. Uh, right, thanks, it, it, it's good that you brought up uh, not responding to subpoenas callers, uh, caller because uh, uh, the Trump administration, uh, since the Democrats have taken over the, uh, the House of Representatives, have uh, uh, very much uh, thwarted uh, responding to subpoenas from congressional committees. Now that there is an impeachment inquiry, uh, uh, it looks like uh, these very there are six committees investigating the president um, uh, uh, that could relate to impeachment charges. Um, uh, if the committees now have to subpoena, uh, probably, uh, maybe President Trump, I think that happened to Nixon, um, uh, but anyone in the executive branch, uh, the courts are probably going to be more inclined to um, enforce these subpoenas, and uh, then we will begin to um, get out from under this, uh, you call it a deep state, I would call it a, a, a deeply covered administration. Even the record of the phone call the president had with the president of Ukraine, uh, people in the White House tried to put it into this kind of deep freeze computer um, uh, indication that uh, many people in the White House understood that this was a deeply troubling conversation uh, and didn't want to get it, uh, get it out to the public. All right, we're going to take another break. Scott's comment and the news coming up. We'll be back here in a minute with the Turbos, Keith Knutson. Actually, a couple minutes right here on Wisdom. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. On In studio with me is the Turbo political scientist, Keith Knutson. just want to read this thing quick. Uh, Chris Young brings his raised on country tour to the Lacrosse Center Friday, October 18th. So a couple Fridays from now. We want you to be there. Wisdom is giving away free pairs of tickets to Chris Young's lacrosse performance all next week. Just hit up the Wisdom website at wisdomnews.com. Click on Win Stuff. There's a pull-down menu. Just look for Win Stuff and then go register. We'll draw random winners next week during Lacrosse Talk and maybe Lacrosse Talk PM. Nobody tells me. Uh, score free tickets by registering today at wisdomnews.com. Wisdomnews.com, win stuff. Go go look for it. Chris Young tickets. Are you going to do that, Keith, or you into Chris Young? Um, well, I would like to experience that for sure. That concert, yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, a couple of people waiting on, on hold here throughout the newscast. We're going to get them right now. I believe, Sebastian, you've been waiting a while. Go ahead, Sebastian. you got a question for Keith? Sure, and it's been a while, so I just wanted to summarize. Earlier you had said you couldn't think of anything positive that Mr. Trump had done I wanted to know if that was your personal opinion or if that's the discipline of political science comes to the conclusion that he's done nothing that you can think of. Sure. Um, I certainly have my personal opinions. Um, now that I've been given some time uh, uh, to reflect on that, um, you know, there have been some really uh, uh, hard-edged uh, budget battles, and uh, uh, the president even um, uh, was uh, seen as the instigator of shutting down the government uh, 
uh, last uh, winter uh, over the border wall thing. But uh, uh, we have gotten some budget deals with uh, President Trump, which uh, uh, keeping the government uh, open and running, uh, uh, a good idea. Um, you know, uh, caller, I would I would say that, uh, uh, again, I referred to the major piece of legislation in, in President Trump's first term, the, the, the tax uh, deal, and we are now uh, moving up um, uh, towards $1 trillion budget deficits annually. Um, and uh, that's a very troubling development. Um, and uh, the majority of that tax cut uh, has gone to our uh, wealthiest citizens. So it's things like this that uh, uh, get my attention. And uh, uh, undoubtedly, there are things that I, I should be more aware of, that uh, uh, no person is either all good or all bad. Um, and uh, uh, this is a, a, a obviously a, a personal failing on my part at the moment, and I apologize for that. Oh, you're fine. Uh, I guess my follow-up would be when you're teaching at Viterbo, or I guess a political science person in general, if you want to separate yourself from that, are they usually teaching the methods by which you come to conclusions, or are they teaching conclusions? I mean, because as a discipline, political science is sort of like Rick was talking about, not beakers and test tubes, but there is a scientific method involved. Sure. Are you teaching more the method or the conclusions of this good, this bad, this in between, or right? You know, I, maybe that's too broad a question. But no, no. Uh, uh, of course, uh, uh, in a class, uh, I'm teaching um, Introduction to American Government this semester, and we're going through the the Constitution, the the branches of government, uh, interest groups, um, economic and foreign policy, and uh, uh, my method is to. Uh, uh, let people know if I have conclusions about certain subjects, but uh, uh, I would trust that my students would be uh, uh, prepared to say that I'm, if you're asking if I'm trying to indoctrinate students, that's certainly what I'm not trying to do. During the break, I was telling Rick, uh, a former student whose father ran for the uh, first the state legislature, now he's a state senator, a Republican. Um, that student was in my class, uh, came back and talked with me about, uh, when she was uh, uh, running her father's uh, political office as a Republican. And uh, um, I would say that uh, I do know that some of my best friends are Republicans, and sometimes we talk politics, and sometimes we just agree not to do that. All right, thanks for the call, Sebastian. we got a couple other calls to get to, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move on here. Uh, Guitar Bob has been waiting. Guitar Bob, go ahead. Yes, sir. Hi. Um, and I just jumped on a little bit ago, so I haven't, I'm sorry I haven't heard uh, uh, what was going on before I had started listening. But one question I did have is, is uh, where where on his priority list does he rank credibility? And I, and, and the reason I say that is because um, the, it's amazing to me how how the people. I mean, you look at the people that are crying about about uh, impeachment right now, which is just a big sham. Um, what is but, the sham? Crying about impeachment or impeachment itself? Uh, for one thing, they're not going to have. We know Trump's not going to get impeached, and for another, we know the motive. If, if all you have to do is read, read this. Uh, uh, what the, you know, he 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 tells everybody. I mean, he made a public record what he said, the conversation he had, and obviously there was, you know, the rendition of that versus the real uh, a conversation that he had are two different. They don't resemble one another. Um, and 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 not only that, but it's it's really drawing back. It's drawing away. It's trying to diverting, reflecting attention from what was really going on. 
here we have Joe Biden's son over there making fifty thousand dollars a month, um, and, uh, and and then Joe threatening you know to hold withhold a loan from that country unless they fire fire the uh, person that's investigating his son that is making fifty thousand dollars a month there in a business that he doesn't know much about. I think most people can conclude that. So I mean this, but the credibility. Getting back to what I'm saying, the media of course isn't playing that side of it. They're not you know. Uh, they're, they're, it's amazing how they're trying to spin it on Trump, and and uh, uh, when 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 I mean I, I don't know, but you look at their credibility. Well, getting back to what I was my original point. So I think we do have some credi- we do have some credibility on this topic, caller. Um, and uh, earlier on, you must uh, well, not have been well, listening, uh, uh, caller. If I may thing. if I may respond, caller. Um, yeah. The um, uh, the fact that uh, Hunter Biden was on a, a corporate board uh, in Ukraine. Uh, we could uh-huh. we, we could question the uh, ethical behavior of yeah. that, but what about the legality? Yeah. And I think there are no uh, legal uh, uh, ramifications there. Um, the in, there's been an investigation into Vice President Biden, along with our European uh, allies and other insta- international institutions, trying to get a, a prosecutor in re- Ukraine who was really not doing his job well, looking into the corruption of these oligarchs in Ukraine, just as the a Russian has them. There's a video so of that Joe had, Biden bragging about it. Sure. There's a video uh, of him bragging about it. Sure. Uh, 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 I think that uh, uh, it was the uh, aspiration of the Obama administration to try to get some um, credibility, as we might call it, in Ukraine in terms of the investigation into the corruption of the uh, oligarchical corporations. All right. Thanks for the call, Guitar Bob. We're going to have to move on. we got Eric from Sparta on hold. Eric, go ahead. Well, uh, Mr. Knutson. Hello, Eric. It's good to talk with you again, brother. Are you a man of the left? Um, You know, uh, uh, I am uh, speaking for myself, and we can leave it at that, Eric. Well, no, because you said before you leaned to the left last time I talked to you. Are you leaning to the left? All right, let, let me lean to the left then. And you lean to the right, and we'll get some balance. Let's, uh, let's get the conversation going. Okay, does uh, the the Turbo College support abortion, or does male support abortion? And by the way, who are you employed by, and what is the difference between the two? Who supports it and who does not support it? Well, Eric, um, uh, Viterbo University is a Catholic institution, and uh, the Roman Catholic Church has a very strong stance on abortion, um, and I'll leave it to uh, my institution uh, to address that topic. Uh, That's one that uh, uh, any of us can have personal views on this topic, but I am not uh, going to speak about abortion, especially uh, when I'm here uh, being touted as a Viterbo uh, faculty member. it's a it's a very important topic, but uh, 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 that's a discussion for another context. Yeah, Eric, come on, stay on topic here. Uh, we got a couple of texts here. Um, try to get to them, and then we'll go to a quick break. Fred texts in. From my understanding of progressivism, as introduced during the Woodrow Wilson administration, entrenched bureaucracy and politicizing the courts would eventually replace the will of the people. I think Trump has temporarily saved us from this fate. The professor's thoughts, please. Well, uh, as uh, proud Wisconsinites, Fighting Bob LaFollette was one of the leading progressives in this country and led our state uh, uh, early in the 20th century in a decidedly progressive direction. 1911, we had a state uh, 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 retirement program uh, in the 1930s when we got the Social Security program. Uh, A professor from UW-Madison went to Washington, D.C. and 
as I understand it, basically wrote the, the national social security law. So uh, my view on progressivism is that uh, um, it was uh, politicians leading a charge against uh, very entrenched and, in my perspective, corrupted uh, corporate interests and uh, constructing public programs that benefited uh, the public. And uh, uh, Woodrow Wilson, a Democrat, was a progressive. Uh, Teddy Roosevelt, a Republican, was a progressive. And so in the early 20th century, the progressive movement really did catapult this society forward in constructing social benefits through government that have proved to be very positive. The Social Security system is uh, often touted as the most successful public policy um, in American history. Uh, Jer text in, if anybody graduates this professor's class without becoming a brainwashed Democrat, it will be a miracle. Miracles can happen, I understand. Um, uh, uh, I think you kind of uh, talked about that already. I talked about this student who, uh, whose father is a Republican political figure in our state uh, in my class and uh, um, called, got back in touch with me after graduation. And uh, um, I, I, I am not uh, brainwashing students in the classroom, I, I, I hope. Uh, Bill text in all caps here. Oh, my God. This guy is blind, deaf, and dumb. Just my opinion. I've got my readers on. <laughs> uh, and an anonymous uh, texter said, so who debunked the Biden China and Ukraine scandal? <laughs> well, the China one is a, a new one today, isn't it? Uh, I need to uh, get on that one. Um, uh, again, I, I think I've referenced that uh, um, Hunter Biden's uh, um, participation on this board of directors of a Ukrainian corporation has been investigated um, and uh, uh, the Ukrainians themselves uh, have, uh, let's say, absolved uh, uh, Hunter Biden of uh, uh, criminal liability while he was there. All right, we're going to take another real quick break. We'll be back in a minute with Keith Knutson in studio on Wisdom. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM 608-785-7914, the Better Hearing Center talking text line. We got just a couple of minutes. You guys want to get in? Uh, a couple, still got a couple of texts here, Keith. Uh, Phil texts in. Uh, you can't find any positive stories because 90% of the reported stories on Trump are twisted and negative. Well, you know, uh, uh, many Americans are very supportive of Donald Trump's um, immigration policy. Um, and uh, uh, I give them that. For me, that immigration policy is uh, um, very damaging to people. I'm just going to say out of Central America. And um, um, I, I do think that uh, an example of uh, positive results from immigration. We could look at Germany taking in a million people out of uh, uh, Turkey a couple year, a few years back, and uh, my uh, reading on what happened there. Many of those immigrants have uh, worked their way into the economy. Um, and I, 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 my view is um, immigration uh, is a, a positive development for our society. Uh, and uh, uh, so on that topic, uh, you know, one of them that Many people will be supportive of, and uh, I find the uh, the implementation of President Trump's policy uh, to be transgressing basically uh, human dignity. I believe that Donald Trump and Kim Kardashian West are working on uh, prison reform, too, as well. Well, okay, now there is an area. Thank you, Rick, because uh, President Trump did sign a prison reform bill, and, and uh, uh, that uh, it will prove to be uh, a positive development, and so... Uh, um, it might have taken a whole hour, but I've come around. And it uh, it took Kim Kardashian for him to do that. <laughs> uh, I, I didn't read that story, but uh, well, let's talk about it after the show. <laughs> yeah, right. 
Uh, I think, oh, Phil had one more text. The tax cut has generated the highest tax revenue in the history. In the history. Spending by Paul Ryan and Pelosi budget is the cause of the deficit, not tax cuts. The top 3% had their taxes raised with the tax bill. Stop lying. Oh, I, I just don't agree with that one. <laughs> I don't know. I don't even think we did. We talk about the tax cuts. Or well, little, you know, little, I, I, mean, I brought I, I brought it up uh, something that uh, uh, I found uh, I find to be counterproductive. Again, um, uh, we often have been really concerned about uh, high levels of budget deficits, and uh, that tax cut is le- has led us into uh, not exclusively, not alone. You want to cut taxes, then cut programs. Most Americans don't want to cut a lot of our programs. Do you feel like we're going to do this for a whole year? Hillary's emails, now it's Biden's son. You know, people are free to talk about uh, what people want to talk about. And uh, in a political discussion, we need to be ready to defend our views and we need to be aware of what's going on. So whatever's coming up, let's talk about it. All right, Keith, that's all the time we got. That's another quick hour. Thanks for coming in. My pleasure. All right, we'll see you guys tomorrow.